Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me on another very special bonus pop culture deep dive here on the deep end. I am so happy to be back. It's been a minute since we all talked. I'm happy to be back in front of this microphone and back with everybody on another deep dive in the deep end. I missed you all. I hope this episode finds everybody well. We are on the tail end of winter, thankfully, even though it's snowing here in Chicago. Like, can we not? I mean, I say tail end of winter. We're in spring, but here in Chicago, it's still the tail end of winter. But hopefully the light is at the end of the tunnel. It's been rough, but um, I hope everyone's doing great. I've missed you all. We haven't talked um, since the Super Bowl, which so it's been a while since the Janet Jackson episode. And gosh, that Rihanna performance. So good. The surprise of the century that I don't think any of us saw coming that she is pregnant again. We're going to have another Rihanna baby, another angel on earth. So excited about that. I'm so happy for her and just wishing her a very happy and healthy pregnancy with another baby. So exciting. I was living for it. So that was, like I said, nothing never saw coming, even though I also released that Super Bowl episode a week early because I didn't know what day the Super Bowl was. Um, definitely embarrassing, but <laughs> tried to play that off. And so if anyone was confused, I just, I don't know. I thought that it happened the week after the playoffs or whatever that is. I'm not a football person, but um, yeah, I'm. thank you all for bearing with me and not um, dragging me over the coals. But a lot of people were like, I didn't know what day the Super Bowl was either. So I'm glad we were all in the same boat. But that was... Uh, re-listening to that episode, I, I kind of went off the rails on Justin Timberlake, Mr. JT, as he used to call himself on the Justified record. I definitely went off the rails on him. <laughs> like It got a little crazy. I'm very self-aware. I understand I was a bit um, unhinged, so to speak. And I really must have been putting out such visceral energy into my apartment that it channeled something. And if you listened to the Diving Board October episodes, which if you did, I give a sincere thank you because they were by far my least listened to episodes. They definitely flopped, which was sad because I had such a good time making them. (laughs) But I know they're not for everyone. But if you did listen, thank you. But if you did listen, you know I believe in all of that. So I really think I was putting out such negative energy towards Justin Timberlake that a couple of nights later, I went into my closet and the lights were off and I was looking for something and um, I was looking on the shelf and I must have, obviously I hit something and it fell and it narrowly grazed my foot, which I'm glad I did because that would have hurt, but it fell and it broke. And I was like, wait, what was that? And I turned on the lights and I looked down and in three very clean pieces, it was my Justin Timberlake bobblehead from 2001. He was there. He was shattered. And I've had that for over 20 years and it has gone unscathed. It's gotten through multiple apartments, me moving from my parents' house. It got me through college. Well, it didn't get me through college, but it was with me through college physically and uh, just through so much, multiple presidents, everything. And um, it broke. It broke three days after I released that episode. That is crazy. Um, and I have to say, I will 
glue it back together because I have had it since 2001. It had actually come from a promotion that Best Buy was running in 2001. Like if you'd spent $50 or something, you got an InSync bobblehead. They had bobbleheads of all of the guys in the band or group rather. And um, I have Justin and of course I have JC Chazé, the unsung hero of the group. And justice for JC. We love him here on the Diving Board Podcast, the true talent of NSYNC. Let's get real. But I have both of them and, and Justin shattered. But like I said, I will be gluing him together just for sentimental purposes. But can you believe that? After 20 years, I got him for Christmas. And shout out to my family. They always know who I'm obsessed with. Like I, they had to go through my boy band phase, my emo phase, all of my phases that they remember who I like. So I was so happy to get that on Christmas morning from Santa. And he broke. He broke because I was so mean and vitriolic about Justin, which I take back none of it, but clearly it channeled something, but we'll glue him back together. I will get all of the King's horses and all of the King's men to put Justin back together again. Man, it really is just a metaphor of just how his career has folded over the years under the pressure. But <laughs> clearly, I just cannot help myself. But anyway, we don't want anything else to break in this apartment. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been a crazy month in pop culture. It's just, it, I feel like every week it's just something. We started the month off with the Haley Bieber and Selena feud, but that was quickly folded by some much bigger pop culture news that I will get to in a few minutes. But I want to start with, in the past few days, uh, Amanda Bynes. She definitely has been going through some things the last few days, and they actually found her on the streets of Hollywood. She flagged down um, the police and said that she was having a psychiatric break and that she needed help, which I'm so happy she had the wherewithal to flag somebody down and get help and get to a safe space. But gosh, when you read that story, it's really, really scary. They were saying she was in Long Beach and she somehow either hitchhiked or took public transit or somehow got her way back to Hollywood. And they said she was on the street potentially for several days. And there are some TikToks of people who were walking with her and, um, just a really scary situation. And um, I'm like I said, I'm just so happy she had the wherewithal to get some help because it could have been so much worse. And I'm really happy that she's in a safe spot because just reading that and seeing as the story developed, I was just like, oh my gosh, it could have just been really, really bad. So I'm so happy she's in a safe spot and getting help. And life is just, life can be so hard. And I'm sure a lot of us, can relate with issues of mental health and trying to stay above water. And it's it's just great to ask for help. This is an example of it is a good idea to ask for help. And we, we really wish Amanda the best and happy she's in um, a much safer situation and, and getting the help that she needs and just sending all of the positive vibes her way. We love Amanda here on the Diving Board Podcast. So just thinking of her and um, hoping that she's okay and things are things are getting better. 
Um, on a happier note, Lindsay Lohan is pregnant. That was such exciting news. So exciting for her. Lots of really great things happening in her life. And it's awesome to see just her journey and how she's turned it around in the last few years and just all of the great things that are coming her way. And so exciting. I wish her and her husband really happy, healthy pregnancy, healthy baby. Um, could you imagine if she had twin girls and we get the real life Hallie and Annie, like I would spontaneously combust. Like I really don't think I could even handle that. I just, oh my gosh. I literally, my adrenaline rushes just thinking about it. I, 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 it'd be like all the stars aligning right at once, all of the planets in alignment. I just, Oh, just shout out to Lindsay. So exciting. I, I love this for her. But uh, yeah, we have really, really happy, exciting news. But on to our biggest pop culture news of this month. I feel like that is just taken over this month. And I could not make an episode without discussing this. I would be remiss if, if I didn't talk about, and you know what I'm going to talk about, the Scandaval. This has just taken over the world for the last few weeks. I mean, the New York Times has written an article about it, and the Times never gives us our due with these reality television shows because I know everyone thinks, and I understand in the scheme of things, it's all petty, and it's our escape, though. This is what we watch to escape from the real world. And the fact that they're writing an article about it, that is a huge deal. It's taken over everyone's TikTok for you pages, Instagrams, it's really taken over the world. And in case you live under a rock, no offense, but in case you live under a rock and you don't know what the scandal is, uh, it is about Vanderpump Rules and it's Tom Sandoval, Ariana and Raquel, aka Rachel. That's her um, birth name. And um, I'm not shading stage names either. I feel like everyone's coming after Raquel about having a stage name. It's like we can come after much better things, guys. <laughs> like so many people have stage names, but it is kind of fun to call her Rachel to be shady. But anyway, um, they are in, I guess you could say a love triangle that um, Tom Sandoval has been having a months long affair on Ariana with Raquel. And to give you some context, Tom and Ariana have been together for almost a decade now. They own a home together. They've built a life together. I mean, they're essentially married. They don't have the marriage license or certificate or whatever you get when you're married. Clearly, I'm not married. <laughs> um, but um, whatever you get, they, they're they married without having that. They've, they do everything a married couple does. And he's having an affair with their friend and other cast member for months now. And Ariana saw some things on Tom's phone that led to her finding out about this affair and all hell has broken loose. And um, just insane. I have watched reality television for more, what, the last 20 years. So more like more than half of my life. And I've never seen anything like this before. Like, obviously, there have been huge scandals on Bravo. People have gone to jail. People have broken into the White House on Bravo. Like, there have been some insane scandals, but I have never seen this type of thing within the cast. It's definitely one of the biggest scandals on Bravo. And it's definitely one of the biggest scandals in reality television history. I will even venture to say that. I've never seen anything like it. And everyone's talking about it. My boss, 
Jess called me out in our staff meeting the other day saying, I know out of everybody in this room, like Jill can give us the play by play on the Scandival. I was shook. I was like, wait, really? But I'm like, I was waiting for my close up. Like, I am ready for my close up, Mr. DeVille, at any second of the day. So I was like, okay, I'll take the reins. Gave everyone the play by play. I definitely know some men on my team. They were kind of laughing at me, which I understand. But most of the women were in my corner chiming in, which I love. Great bonding experience. But I understand it's petty and it's silly in the scheme of things. But it's fun. And um, I mean, I feel horrible for uh, Ariana. I mean, obviously, it goes without saying that we're Team Ariana here on the Diving Board Podcast, but we're going to see how this all plays out. They filmed the reunion yesterday. Uh, Raquel is sitting in between the two Toms. Like, the producers just gave us... This is going to be insane. Absolutely insane. So we can't wait for that. It's going to be a very interesting few weeks. Team Ariana, she's on to bigger and better things now that she got the, she dumped the dead weights. Uh, Gosh, she's, her life is going to be so much better after this. And I've been trying to avoid leaks regarding the reunion, but it's so hard. And I do miss the days where there weren't leaks and such, but I think those days are over where we could actually just wait to the show and it's all a surprise, but I've been trying to avoid them. But one big leak I did see is that Tom and Raquel said they are in a relationship now, which like they are monsters. They are insane. But then I thought, well, it might be good that they stay together so that they can't terrorize anyone else's life. So I think that is the silver lining in this. But I mean, obviously, the worst offender is Sandoval. I've always been a Schwartz girly, even though he also sucks. But the uh, he's the lesser of two evils. But uh, Sandoval is a is a the biggest monster in this situation. But absolutely insane. This is just I think lit in a fire under everybody, and you can tell Andy Cohen is also living for it. So we're going to see, we're going to see how this plays out. And like I said, I couldn't, I could not make an episode right now without talking about the scandal. I know if you're not interested, I'm sorry, but thank you for indulging me and bearing with me. But I'm excited to get uh, into this week's deep dive. I, I kind of like though these, these bonus episodes, because we could be a little more casual. We could talk about um, just some current events and stuff going on in the world. I love talking about things that happened years ago, but it's also kind of fun to talk about what's going on of today because there's some still some crazy things happening in uh, 2023, but also excited to go back to the early 2000s today. But this was kind of in honor of my recent vacation. I just got back from London. I did a little solo trip there. It was my first time by myself out of the country. So uh, just a big step for me that I was there by myself and I had the best time. I can't wait to go back. I'm like so sad to be back, but I mean, I'm happy to be back in my in my own home, but uh, definitely missing London a lot. I had a really, really good time. And I posted, if you follow the Diving Board Podcast Instagram, I was posting some stories, uh, some pictures from my vacation on my story. And um, I went to Stonehenge and I went to Abbey Road. And it was just, it was a really, really fun time. But I thought this would be the best time to talk about something I've been teasing for a while. And that's the Kate Moss scandal of the early 2000s. And I love Kate Moss. She's one of my favorite celebrities, models ever, and definitely one of my favorite Londoners, one of my favorite British icons. So I thought, oh my gosh, if I'm coming home from London, we have to finally talk about Kate Moss and her uh, party girl scandal in the early 2000s. So 
definitely excited to get into this. And this is one of my favorite things about the Diving Board podcast is reliving some of these scandals that were such firestorms back then. And when you get it, get it from a perspective as an adult, when you revisit it, you're like, this really wasn't as big of a deal as I remember it being because everyone freaked out about it. And now you're an adult and you have such a different perspective. You're like, oh, that that was it. And I kind of love, I think that's the beauty of the Diving Board podcast is revisiting things that we have such a different um, memory of it because we were a lot younger and now we can see it from an adult lens. But with that said, I do want to kind of give um, a listener discretion because, you know, with Kate Moss, we're talking about a drug scandal and we are going to be talking about um, some of the people in the story that have used hard drugs. And I just want to give a listener discretion if that is a topic that you'd rather not hear about, want to put that out in the open that we are going to be talking about that because after all, that is the scandal. So just wanted to throw that out there um, as a disclaimer for everybody. But let's take it from the top. Let's get back in the deep end of these 2000s deep dives. We're going back to 2005, the year that I started high school, which doesn't seem that long ago, but Um, people who were born in 2005 are graduating high school. So (laughs) let me take a moment to cry right now. But anyway, um, yes, the year I started high school, 2005, but we're going to take it a little earlier because we always start from the very top here on the Diving Board Podcast. Who is Kate Moss? Well, Kate Ann Moss was born January 16th, 1974, our Capricorn goddess, and she was born in Coiden, United Kingdom, a suburb of London. And Kate, she was very, very shy. As a kid, she didn't realize how exceptionally beautiful she was. She said her parents never gave in to how pretty she was or how beautiful she was. They never said any of that. She was had a very, very normal upbringing. And when she kind of reached in her early teenage years, that's when she really was developing such a unique beauty. But she said she had no idea, no idea how beautiful she was and how kind of unique of a look that she had. And she said that she was on vacation in New York City or holiday, as the Brits say. She was on a holiday in um, New York. And when she was in the airport coming home at JFK, a talent scout approached her, a model scout approached her and said, you have a great look. Would you ever be considered being a model? Which she never did, but she said, okay. And her mom was like, all right, yeah, go for it. And she signed on to be a model in her mid-teen years. So she was very, very young. And I got to give her credit. I mean, if you saw me at the airport... I look like Shrek. So the fact that she had a model scout approach her, I mean, Kate Moss is just otherworldly. I I give her so much credit. But uh, Kate Moss, because she was so unique and she was so beautiful, her career really took off rather quickly. And she started becoming a big working model. But she said that it was a really hard transition because Kate was very shy and she didn't understand this lifestyle. And of course, the fashion industry is so fast and you're doing a lot of things that if you are shy, it can definitely put you in a very uncomfortable position, especially as a very, very young girl. People grow up very quickly in the fashion industry. So Kate's clearly 
and understandably had a tough transition to that. And her career started taking off rather quickly, but her big break came in 1992 when she was in the Calvin Klein's jeans ad with Mark Wahlberg. And this was a very difficult shoot for Kate. She really does not have fond memories of this shoot or working with Mark Wahlberg. I mean, truth be told, I'm not the biggest fan of Mark Wahlberg in today's time, but you know Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, like Marky Mark 90s Mark Wahlberg was an absolute menace to society and not a good person by any means. So she had to deal with Marky Mark and she said it was just it was not fun. And she said she felt very objectified. If you watch the videos from that shoot, I can totally understand why she says that. He's just creepy. And yeah, and she's only 17 years old. She had to pose topless and straddle him. And I don't even think that's legal now because she's underage. And I don't know how all of that works. But yeah, definitely an uncomfortable situation. And she just does not have fond memories at all of that, understandably. And Uh, Even though it was not a great experience, it really did catapult her career. So at least she got some good out of a really, really horrible situation for her. And um, she became such a massive supermodel all over the world. She was walking for the top designer. She was in campaigns and she really was a sought after model. And Kate, I mean, she has really an otherworldly beauty. She has the cat eyes, but she still has a classic beauty, but also different that you don't really see from just very unique. And what is exceptionally unique about Kate is her height. Kate is only 5'6". If you Google her, they'll say she's 5'7", but Kate's only 5'6". And to be a runway model at 5'6 is absolutely unheard of because the average runway model is between 5'9 and a little over 6 feet tall. So these girls were half a foot taller than Kate and I'm 5'6 and I am not a tall woman by any means. And I literally, if I were next to these runway models, I would be looking like, you know, I represent the lollipop guild, you know, from like the Wizard of Oz or like one of the seven dwarves. So I, the fact that she could hold her own also is a testament to just the immense talent that Kate Moss has. Like She's just such a rare, rare model, and she could transcend all of those usual model standards of height. And just Kate Moss is a, a huge, huge rarity in the fashion world. And Kate Moss also, she was one of the big players in the 90s fashion movement, heroin chic. And we talk about that uh, in the Anna Nicole Smith episode, where the heroin chic fashion movement was really the antithesis of the all-American supermodels of the time, Cindy Crawford's, the Christy Brinkley's, the Anna Nicole's, where they had those megawatt smiles and they were a little more buxom. The heroin chic movement was you were exceptionally thin, you were exceptionally pale, and you were very waif-like where it looked like you had a drug problem. And I talk about this in the Anna Nicole episode. Obviously, that couldn't happen today because it is very jarring to think that that was a movement, but that was big in the 90s. And it also piggybacked on the grunge movements, you know, the Nirvana, the Allison Chains, the Stone Temple Pilots, that it kind of went hand in hand with that aesthetic, kind of that rock and roll aesthetic where you had the dark eyeliner, kind of looked like you didn't sleep, it didn't brush your hair. And that was kind of more rock and roll. That was heroin chic. 
And Kate was a really, really big player in that movement. And she really also kind of represented that kind of party girl lifestyle. Kate was involved in rock and roll. She was involved in the partying. She was involved in dating the rock star. She dated Johnny Depp in his edgier days. Like that was that was Kate's. And people viewed her as the bad girl. And that's why a lot of people also have brought Kate to represent their brands. Because if you wanted to edge out your brand a little bit, you had Kate Moss be your spokesmodel because that really was kind of that edgy rock and roll and aesthetic that she represented. And Kate also definitely was out partying all the time. There was always rumors in London that she was out till all hours of the night. And people said, like, if you were friends with Kate Moss and she invited you out, you knew it was going to be a night. You knew you weren't getting home at midnight. You weren't getting home at one. You were getting at home at like four, five, six in the morning, if you were even getting home. You probably booked out a few days because it was really going to be an event of of going out because that was Kate. She just loved the nightlife and she loved to burn the midnight oil, as they say. But but who is they? You know, I don't think anyone under the age of 110 says burn the midnight oil. I'm sorry. Like greetings from the 1800s. I don't even know where I get this stuff. But anyway, she liked to stay out for a long time. And she actually went in her first stint in rehab in 1998. And she was in rehab for our favorite iconic reason. And I'm sure you could guess it is exhaustion. Uh, She was there for exhaustion. I think we all could go away for exhaustion. I'm exhausted. I'm sure you're exhausted. But uh, yeah, we, we just soldier on. We're the true warriors here. But Kate went to rehab for exhaustion in 1998. And she said she really was just having a problem with drinking because she said when she looked back on the 90s, she was drunk for most of the 90s. Because she said, you know, I was doing all these fashion shows. And a lot of times at fashion shows, In the morning, there's a glass of champagne, even if it's at 10 a.m. They want you to have a glass of champagne before the show. And then you're at the after parties and there's alcohol there. So she's like, I was just drinking so much and I needed to get that under control, which I totally can see what she's saying. When I first graduated college, my first job out of college, I was an event planner. So I was throwing these big parties all over the city of Chicago and there was always alcohol at them. So I was at events all the time and there was always a bar. There's always wine being passed around. I mean, there was alcohol, especially at networking events, like to take the edge off when you're talking to strangers. It's like, all right, well, I'll have a glass of wine. So it's easier to talk to people. And even today, like because I was an event planner, I still get invited to events all the time. And most of the time I say no to them because I would rather be on my couch um, watching Vanderpump Rules. But if you do go to a lot of events, they are centered around alcohol or there's a lot of alcohol there. So if you have a personality where it's harder to say no, it could very easily become a problem in those circles, especially if you're a social drinker because you're in a social event and it's easy just to keep drinking these glasses of wine because they're given to you. And so I definitely see where she's coming from. It can vary in those certain arenas. It could definitely um, become a problem rather easily. So she checks into rehab and unfortunately, the stint in rehab wasn't that productive because when they say, well, what did you learn in rehab? She said, I learned a lot about alcohol. So um, not not a great uh, stint in rehab or a very productive stint in rehab because Kate's 
in the late 90s and early 2000s, she's still seen as definitely a party girl. She's always out in London. She's out till all hours of the night. She does have a child. In 2002, she has a daughter, Lila Grace, which is like one of the prettiest names I've ever heard. If I ever have a daughter in an alternate universe where I have a daughter, I would... That would be a contending. Lila Grace, that's so pretty. But uh, she does have a daughter, but she's still out quite often. I mean, that is the Kate Moss aesthetic. She's a rock and roll girl. And Kate Moss, of course, she's also known for her clothes. She has the best style I have ever seen. And you know I love Lindsay Lohan's style. She's a style icon. But there is nobody like Kate Moss. Like, nobody matches her style. I've never seen anybody even come close to her. So they love seeing her boho chic. Like She could do that nothing like no one else can, where she could be boho, but also classic and polished. And Kate's just brilliant with all of that. So they would always see her taking pictures of what she was wearing at these festivals and at these concerts or in the club. Like, Kate was always out. And when you're always out, we talked about this in the Lindsay Lohan series, you're doing some stuff because you're not staying out till 4am and you're being sober. There's something that's helping you get through the night of partying for hours and hours. So it was always just rumored that Kate was doing all of this stuff, doing drugs and drinking a lot. But it was almost kind of like urban legends or just stories you hear around the scene or around the city. Um, or in the nightlife world, you know that Kate Moss is doing all this stuff, but people just never really said anything or there was no proof of all of that. So it's just kind of like, oh, OK, she's she's partying. She's a young model. She's having a good time. Um, but it wasn't until 2005 where this all kind of came to a major head, because in early 2005, at her 31st birthday, she meets the British uh, rock star Pete Doherty. And if you are a Brit pop fan, such as myself, I was always an Arctic Monkeys girly, though, um, in high school and beyond. Pete Doherty was really famous in London because he was the lead singer of the Libertines and also the band Baby Shambles. So he was a really well-known British rock star and she meets Pete and she really likes him like they hit it off right away he's a few years younger than her but she really takes a liking to him they both really like to go out they both like to do certain drugs and they're both party animals and if you're familiar with Pete Doherty you know that he definitely took his partying to the next level. He suffered from a lot of addiction issues from several different drugs and just wasn't the best influence on Kate. Even though he's five years younger than Kate Moss, he really kind of just added a gallon of gasoline to her party girl fire because yeah, Kate liked to party, but she wasn't involved in the things that Pete Doherty was. So it just wasn't not a good look for her because honestly, like Pete Doherty, he's in a semi-popular band in the UK and people know his reputation. They don't expect a ton out of him. And he really, at the end of the day, doesn't have that much to lose. Kate, who is a mother, who is one of the biggest supermodels in the world, has millions of dollars of contracts with different fashion labels. She has a ton to lose. And just being involved with him just was not the best look. And also the crowd that came with Pete was also just not 
a good situation to be in because similar to Lindsay Lohan and what we talk about in the Lindsay series, Pete Doherty had a lot of hangers on as friends and just like groupies and little cronies that would follow him around that definitely don't have your best interests at heart. They just want to party with you. They just want to get free drugs. They just want to get free stuff out of you and be in a certain circle. So they're definitely using you and don't have your best interests at heart. So they definitely liked the fact that Pete and Kate were together because that was big tabloid news. And they knew that if they could get a photo of Kate and Pete doing something or information that they could make a lot of money because you know the British press exceptionally is brutal and they will crucify you. And I was listening to um, Prince Harry's book, Spare, when I was in London. I always listen to books on tape. And side note, everyone always comes for me when I say book on tape. Sorry, I'm 31 years old, okay? I grew up where they were called books on tape. We... (laughs) We did not have the Audible app in 1999. I'm sorry, okay? And that term has just always stuck with me. Audiobook, okay? I was listening to the audiobook in London, and he talked about, like, during his crazy days in his 20s, if somebody could get him a picture of him behaving badly and sell it to the tabloids, they could get a down payment on a house. Like, that's how much these tabloids were paying for these pictures. So... When they first started dating, Pete and Kate got into a fight on the Eurostar and his friends are taking pictures of it and selling it to tabloids. So it was just not a good crowd to be around, especially when you're Kate Moss. And all of this kind of came to a head in late September of 2005 when one afternoon they are in the studio, Pete and his bandmates and a few friends are in the studio with Kate and a very grainy video is recorded of Kate sitting on the couch and she has a flat surface and she is spending some time cutting up some um, white powder on the surface and she is uh, rolling something up. It's, I was going to say a dollar bill, but we're in the UK, so a Great Britain pound. She's rolling it up and she is snorting the lines up her nose and they said that she had snorted five lines in 40 minutes and there's just a video of them hanging out in the studio and people are doing lines and they're just partying and they're spending all day in there making music and doing a lot of cocaine and Pete Doherty comes up and he has his shirt off in the video and I'm sorry but he is not attractive like how did these men get these women like Kate Moss is one of the most beautiful women in the world and Pete Doherty looks like a toad like how how I will never understand it but he comes and the uh, the white powder's all gone. The cocaine's all gone. So Pete doesn't get to indulge, but they get a very, very uh, clear video. Well, it's very grainy, but you could tell it's Kate Moss doing cocaine. So the Daily Mirror gets this video and they get the exclusive. And soon after they plastered on the front page of the paper, a huge picture 
of Kate Moss doing cocaine with the headline, Cocaine Kate. And the Daily Mirror is elated to have this exclusive because a few years prior, their sister publication, the Sunday Mirror, had actually posted a and ran a story of Kate Moss uh, passing out at some fashion show, and they said that she had passed out in a drunken stupor, in a drunken uh, drug-induced stupor, and they really had defamed her character. So Kate had actually sued the Sunday Mirror and won, and it was an undisclosed amount. They said it was between like $25,000 and $300,000, which is a huge range. So we don't know how much she won, but she did win that lawsuit. So people thought, like, did they have a plant in that studio? recording this like was somebody there sent to take her down to get revenge from that lawsuit I mean to this day we don't know who recorded the video I mean I'm sure people in that inner circle know who recorded the video but we publicly do not know but the, people thought it was somebody from the Daily Mirror because there was bad blood regarding that whole lawsuit situation but it's horrible, this situation. And Kate flees to New York City with Pete. And immediately when they're there, they are just attacked by paparazzi because it's a huge, huge story. And they're at the Mercer Hotel and they're just chasing Pete and Kate everywhere they go. And um, because it's just been taking off. And I mean, Kate Moss is an even bigger star in the UK. So this is really, really just a firestorm there. And she's in America and it's already happening. And her friends are saying, like, Kate, when you get back to London, this is going to be really bad because we know the British press. I mean, the British press is the worst in the world. Like, they they want to take you down, especially back then. Back then in the 90s, in the early 2000s, like, the British press was so bad. And they really just wanted to crucify you. And they were ready to do so when Kate crossed the pond. So with all of this going on, the rumor mill is just on fire of what is going to happen when Kate gets back to London. People are convinced that when Kate gets back to London, that the second she lands and walks off the plane and exits Heathrow Airport, that the cops are going to come and arrest her for drug use. And I'm not an attorney by any means or it in law enforcement, but I don't think they can arrest you for drug use just from seeing it on a video, right? Because that's all alleged at the end of the day. Like there is no proof that that was cocaine. Like we can draw the conclusion that it's cocaine, but I think you have to be in possession of that drug so they can prove what drug you were using. I don't think they can arrest you just from seeing um, a video of you, quote, doing drugs. And they're also saying there's also a big rumor that um, when she gets back to London, they're going to try to take her daughter away, which that was just a rumor that never was the case because Lila Grace was never in any danger. She wasn't there with her mom. Her mom wasn't doing that in front of her. I mean, do I think it's great when you have a little kid to be doing that? No, I don't. But she was doing it away from her child. So there really wouldn't be any reason to be taking a child away from her mother because of that. So, so many people were just trying to drag 
Kate through the mud with the situation. And it's so upsetting just the way people were treating her because she also was in a big firestorm with a lot of the companies she was working for. And she was losing immediately a lot of high profile campaigns that she was doing for Chanel, Dior, H. Stern. Uh, she was doing one for H&M, Burberry. And a lot of people who had supported Kate for a long time, they had dropped her. They scattered like mice. And the Burberry CEO really wanted to keep Kate on. And he was hopeful, but unfortunately, the higher-ups decided to cancel the campaign with Kate. And I remember when I was younger, when I was a kid, when this came out, just all of those pictures of in London, them taking down the pictures of Kate and off the billboards of the Burberry campaign because they had dropped her. But Burberry also told her, like, just hang on, we will bring you back because Kate was an icon and they they really wanted her to stay with them. But a lot of these companies dropped her immediately. And it's interesting because Alexander Schulman, who was the editor of British Vogue, she said everybody knew that they were buying into the Kate Moss bad girl thing. And then suddenly it's like, actually, we can't be seen doing this, which was so true because people were using Kate's persona to give an edgy side to their brand. But the second she did something, quote, edgy or something bad girl, they scattered like mice. They didn't want anything to do with her. And collectively, these campaigns, it cost her about four million pounds of lost revenue from all of this. And I know we love our inflation calculators here on the Diving Board Podcast, but this one is kind of fishy on how to figure out because four million pounds in 2005, this was when the pound was really good. So it was about... um a two for one conversion, the pound was worth about twice the dollar. So that would be around $8 million. But now the pound, everyone's economy is bad. So the pound is way down. It's almost a one for one conversion. Um, God, I would say maybe around $6 million, give or take. If I had to think now, what would it be? Because when you're adjusting for the pound, like the pound's not worth as much. So that's where it gets iffy. I'm sorry, this is like where my business school comes in where I want to have the correct number. But with this, it's a little, um, it's a little hard to do, but a lot of money, millions of dollars. Okay, we'll just say that she lost a lot of money. But money aside, just the way that people in society were treating Kate with this entire scandal was just so awful. And they really were saying that Kate kind of blew the lid off of people in the fashion industry doing drugs and people in show business doing drugs and that it was some big revelation, which please, British press, don't insult our intelligence. We knew people in the fashion industry were doing drugs. We knew people in Hollywood were doing drugs. Well, this was in the UK. Like we knew people in show business were doing drugs. Like when celebrities are out partying, we know that they're not drinking club soda. Like we understand understand what's going on. And like, I don't want to blow the lid off of anyone and shatter anyone's world. But if you're going out in Los Angeles, like I've been out in Los Angeles before, and that's happening in bars. If you're out in New York, that's happening in the bars, not every bar, but it's happening in the city. If you're in Las Vegas, it's happening. I came of age in Chicago, the third biggest city in the country. It's happening here, so I not to stun anybody, but that's happening in bars. Like Kate Moss isn't the only one doing drugs with her friends when she's out. 
I'm not saying condoning that behavior and it's saying it's a great thing to do, but is Kate Moss the only person doing this? Absolutely not. But she is really taking the fall for all of this. And luckily, people and her close friends were coming to her aid and coming to her defense. Alexander McQueen, RIP, our icon here on the Diving Board Podcast. We miss him so much. He came to her defense and he said, I mean, this is a ludicrous situation. And um, in one of his shows, he came out after the runway with a shirt that said, we love you, Kate, with a picture of her in the background and really showing the support for her. Naomi Campbell came out and said, you are all treating her horribly for um, doing this. And the way you're behaving is totally unfounded. And even Robbie Williams came out and he said, it's such just blasphemy to see the way that you are all reacting because these journalists who are dragging her through the mud and saying how horrible of a person she is, he's like, I have done cocaine with you. He's like, all of these journalists who are running stories about how horrible, I've personally done cocaine with you, which we love the transparency from Robbie Williams, but I don't think any of us are surprised. I mean, remember that uh, rock DJ video? that he came out with and in the year 2000, like we knew something was going on on that set to inspire um, that music video. I mean, we, that, that, those were not sober thoughts. So gosh, that was, could you imagine if that video came out today, just the uproar that that would have caused? Gosh, I was obsessed with that rock DJ video. I was obsessed with Robbie Williams. Did you guys listen to Robbie Williams? Like he was, he was pretty big here in the United States in the early 2000s, but he's a massive star in the UK. But I loved him as a kid. My sister loved him. My cousins, we loved Robbie Williams. So love to see that he came to Kate's defense because, I mean, yeah, he's saying that this is the hypocrisy in all of this is just insane to see. And it really goes back to the Janet Jackson Super Bowl episode. People fake their outrage. People fake that they're so outraged by a situation so that they can feel better about themselves, that they have such a strong moral compass. And oh my gosh, seeing this woman doing cocaine is the worst thing I've ever seen. And she, her career needs to end and all of this stuff. It's like, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? And I understand. I don't, it becomes like a sticky situation because I don't want to make it seem like I'm condoning drug use. Obviously, in a perfect world, nobody would do all this stuff and this stuff wouldn't exist, but it happens. And I, um, just encourage if you're going to do that, be safe, be responsible. And obviously there are certain things you should never touch, but make sure you're in a safe environment and also know yourself. If it's if you have a personality that you know you could not say no to this down the line, maybe just completely stay away from that. But yeah, I, I don't encourage doing this, but I also don't encourage trying to ruin somebody's life for being a consenting adult around other consenting adults, not around minors. There weren't children present. She wasn't giving drugs to minors. These are adults doing these situations. And I understand you might be outraged. I guess I'm a little desensitized to it because I had my going out phase for years and years and I saw this happen a lot. 
and um, I never had the thought to film somebody and ruin their life over it. I think, yeah, there are bigger fish to fry in this world and other things to be outraged over than this 31-year-old woman doing cocaine with other adults. It's That's my opinion. You could totally disagree, but I think there are just bigger fish to fry and bigger things to be outraged over. And I feel like if people gave this energy to other things going on in the world, maybe it could become a better place. But um, that is uh, another story for another day. But just the way that this happened, I feel so bad for Kate Moss. And I also think not to be the mom here, but it also is kind of a harrowing tale of um, running with the wrong crowd because Kate did this for years and clearly had friends who were had her back and weren't trying to ruin her life with all of this. And the second she got involved with that bozo, P. Doherty, who had a really, really bad crowd and they were involved in a lot of really bad things and they really tried to take her down, the people she was around through P. Doherty. And no one came after him. They all came after Kate. And there's a really, I think, powerful quote by um, a London hairdresser, Sam McKnight. And he actually um, used to hair, uh, style Princess Diana's hair. And he said, this singling someone out, we haven't seen that for a long time. I guess it's because a powerful, strong woman is a bit of an enigma, aren't they? Which preach, Sam McKnight, happy Women's History Month. And I know I get on the soapbox so many times, but like, it's this would not have the same energy for a male rock star. Like if there was Mick Jagger or Keith Richards or Robert Plant or Noel Gallagher or even Robbie Williams, is if this came out of them doing that, it would not have this same type of energy where they really were trying to ruin her life. Like they really were trying to come at her so hard. And it's because she is a woman and I guess historically, this isn't how women are supposed to be acting in people's eyes. So they were completely outraged because people wouldn't bat an eyelash if there was a video of Mick Jagger doing drugs that came out. They would look at it and they would go back to eating their lunch. They'd be like, oh, wow, the life of a rock star. He's partying and he's carefree with beautiful women and nothing happens. Oh, we envy his life. Like it just would not have the same energy. And I promise you that. And I'll get off that soapbox, but I think it's an important point to make that it's because Kate was a woman, she also got this type of energy because this would not happen if this was a male rock star. It just it wouldn't. And people also don't talk about the slime ball who filmed her and tried to ruin her life because I think that is the true crime in this situation because you know people people do things that are frowned upon. I understand that, but like I said, this was a controlled environment of consenting adults and she wasn't harming anybody. She wasn't giving this to minors. She wasn't forcing this on anybody. And the fact that somebody filmed her and tried to ruin her life through it, that is the true person that we should be coming after. And can we also talk about just like filming people nowadays? I am so sick of people filming other people without their consent. And I think that was a, a tweet by Paris Hilton where she said, back then going out was so much more fun because people weren't concerned about being filmed or having their picture taken. Or if you listen to 
Girls Next Level, Holly Madison and Bridget Marquardt's podcast, they talk about the parties and how it was more fun because it was a little more private. People weren't taking pictures of you and doing all of that stuff. And I just have to say, like, if you were at a bar and like you're drinking, you're having fun, why do we have to be filmed? Like I got a video, a snap from like a work friend, a social friend, and it must have like come up in the snap memories like four years ago today or five years ago today. And it was me at a bar a few years ago and I clearly had indulged in some adult beverages and I was dancing and I was like dropping it low and like having fun. And I didn't know I was being filmed. Like I was dancing like nobody was watching and um, having fun, like having a great time. And she had filmed me dancing probably because she thought it was funny or something and sent it to me. And you could say like, oh, Jill, you take yourself too seriously or you're insecure, whatever. I will own it. But it, I was humiliated. Like I was mortified. And I like said to her, I was like, oh, I didn't know you were filming me. And she kind of just like laughed it off and thought it was so funny. But like I could have gone my entire life without seeing that. I wish I had gone my entire life without seeing that. that. Like, don't film me. Please don't. And my good friends who are listening to this probably are like laughing because they know that is my cardinal rule. Don't film me. I'm just trying to have fun. I don't need videographic evidence of this. Like, I'm just trying to have fun. Unless I tell you, like, get get a shot of me doing this, which I'm never going to say because I'm 31 years old. I don't need you a video of me at a bar. But just don't film people. Like, just let them live their lives. And, you know, if somebody is engaging in reckless behavior or dangerous behavior, maybe intervene so that they uh, don't endanger themselves or others. But if someone's just dancing, having a good time, I would wager to see, or I would wager to say, they do not want a video of that. That's just me. Another point you can disagree on, but I feel so strongly on that. I feel so strongly on that. But anyway, back to Kate Moss. I know you're not here to listen to like the inner workings of my insecurities, but I just want to get that PSA out there. That was very um, opportune moment for me. Anyway, so Kate realizes this is a firestorm. She has to rebuild her career because this could be bad for her. She's losing endorsements left and right, and she's got to make a move. So Kate does what pretty much every celebrity who ever did anything, quote, bad in the early 2000s did to kickstart their career again, and that was go to rehab. Really, that was a thing in the early 2000s. If you did anything out of line or anything that were people outra- that outraged people, you went to rehab for a month and you came back and essentially all was forgiven. It was very easy to manipulate the public back then, and that's all they wanted out of you. So Kate decided to check into the Meadows Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona for a month, and it was a month of, quote, medical treatment and therapy. And it's worth noting the Meadows Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona was $4,000 a night in 2005, so a lot of money. And Kate also um, issued a public apology, and she said, I take full responsibility for my actions. I also accept that there are some personal issues that I need to address, and I start taking the difficult yet necessary steps to resolve them. If you notice, she doesn't say she has a drug problem, because did she have a drug problem? And that was the age-old question. Like, 
did Kate have a problem or was she just a party girl? Like, was she just having fun? Was this drug negatively affecting her life? Was it a situation that was putting her in a really bad spot in life? That was the thing. Like, did she actually have a problem? And because we saw this just one time and she wasn't behaving recklessly, it it begged that question. And it, it is that age old question. Like, because you get caught doing something, does that mean you actually, this is really, really affecting your life? I don't know. But she went to rehab anyway, because that was what you needed to do back then for to garner public forgiveness. So, which she didn't even need public forgiveness to begin with, in my opinion. But she does her stint in rehab and she comes out and honestly, she comes out better than ever because everybody wants to re-sign her now because the thing is, like I said, the public is rather easy to manipulate and they like celebrities who have survived a scandal. And of course, there are certain scandals with celebrities that some things are just unforgivable. But something like this, where you're caught doing drugs, this is a rather forgivable I guess, mistake or scandal. And people like when celebrities survive that because it humanizes them and it makes them more vulnerable and more relatable. Think about in reality television, that formula of reality TV when it's a reality TV competition and someone's doing so well, so well. And when it comes to the end, they need to have some, an episode or part of an episode that makes them vulnerable, that gives them some type of humanization, that makes them more human. Because nobody wants to see someone who is so great at everything and they can't relate to that. So yeah, people like when other celebrities show vulnerability, when they apologize, when they admit that they made a mistake. So Kate came back better than ever. And the person who tried to ruin her life, it may have garnered them a decent paycheck, but this situation actually doubled Kate's asking rate for campaigns because usually she would get around two million pounds for a campaign. When she got out of rehab, she was getting four million pounds at that point for a campaign. And Yves Saint Laurent wasted no time when Kate got out of rehab by signing her on to be the spokesmodel for the perfume Opium. Which remember a few years ago, everyone was wearing black opium. That was like the most popular perfume. But I just want to reiterate that Kate was the spokesmodel for a designer perfume called Opium. Like, like you just got out of rehab. Like you cannot write this stuff. But here's the thing. Like the fashion industry was not that outraged by this. They weren't outraged at all. They just had to drop her. They felt they had to drop her for a good business move, but they signed her on immediately back a couple of months later because Kate Moss is going to sell your product. And Kate Moss has always been seen as edgy, but now she's edgier than ever. So you sign her on to model Black Opium or Opium at the time, and, you know, the person who buys it, the consumer, is the girl who maybe doesn't want to party as hard as Kate, but wants to feel a little edgy, wants to feel like they push the edge. So they put on the perfume 
and feel like a party girl, even though they're just sitting at their desk during work all day. I mean, it's branding 101. It's actually a brilliant move. And hiring Kate Moss for your brand is always going to be a brilliant move when you want a certain image. And Stella McCartney signed her on immediately. Longchamp signed her on immediately. Roberto Cavalli, Calvin Klein, Burberry, Rimmel, Virgin Mobile. They wasted no time getting Kate back in their campaigns because she sells the product. Kate is brilliant. And Kate also just, she followed the perfect formula of rehabbing your career, rebuilding your career after a scandal. She, like I said, she went to rehab. That's step one. Step two is removing the negative influences. She immediately drops Pete Doherty. Thank God he was nothing but dead weight. Um, So she drops him because he was the one who kind of got her in this situation in the first place. So she drops him. And can we just say, have you guys seen what Pete Doherty looks like nowadays? Like, He, that lifestyle, it catches up with you. Like, it really caught up with him. He's only 44 years old, and he looks the same age as my dad, who is in his late 60s. Like, he, it it definitely has caught up with him. But she gets him out of her life, thankfully. And she gets out of London. She goes to the countryside. She, because she doesn't want to be photographed all the time. And just keeps, keeps a low profile. And tries really hard to rebuild her career. And it has worked so much for her. Because it's worth noting, before this scandal, she was worth about $7 million. And now she's worth $70 million. Like she has built such an empire. I mean, Kate is icon status. There will never be another Kate Moss. She's just brilliant. And you know, she's just used this setback to her advantage. And like I said, she has built an empire. She she has created her own modeling agency, the Kate Moss Agency, and Lila Grace is signed to that. And she really has made it her mission for her models to not have to endure what she had to endure as when she was a young model. She doesn't want them in uncomfortable situations. She said, never compromise with your ethics or what you're comfortable with. If you don't like working with a client, we can drop them right away, which is awesome because she really does want to change that stigma around the fashion industry and make sure that people are doing what they're comfortable with. And Kate, she signed a really lucrative deal with Coca-Cola for the past few years. And she said at a press conference, well, you know, I always have loved Coke which my Kate Moss impression needs a little work. But that's kind of like a cheeky nod to what went on and everyone laughs. And like I said, if everyone was that outraged at the situation, they wouldn't laugh at that joke. You know, they didn't all react, you know, clutching their pearls. They giggled at it. So clearly the dust has settled. And Kate herself even says, like, it makes her sick looking back on that situation because she didn't talk about it for years, but she opened up about it recently. And she says it makes her feel sick because she really was the scapegoat for behavior that a lot of people were taking a part in. And they really were making her feel like she was just the worst person. And it really was a witch hunt for a lot of people who were doing the same exact thing. They just didn't get filmed doing it. So Kate said that she did apologize because, I mean, Kate says she didn't really feel like she did anything wrong, but she did apologize because in the event, people did look up to her, which here's my discussion question for this episode, divers. If you are a celebrity or a public figure, 
are you also obligated to be a role model? Because I don't think so. I mean, as a model, your job is to sell the clothes. It's to look good in the clothes. It's to sell the product that you're hired to sell. Like that is your job. If you also want to be a role model along with that, that's great. But you're under no obligation to be. If you're an actress, your job is to play the part you were hired to do. You don't have to be a role model. Like you're still a human being and you get to live your life the way you want to live. I mean, I adore Kate Moss. I am obsessed with her. I have a picture, a framed picture of Kate Moss as decor in my bathroom. Like I love her. But is she my role model? No, not really. Like my mother is my role model or Princess Diana or Michelle Obama or Martha Stewart or Bethany Frankel for her philanthropy. Like people who do a lot of philanthropic efforts, like those are my role models. Do I find Kate iconic and beautiful and fascinating and entertaining and just all around amazing? Absolutely. But she's not my role model. And if she is your role model, more power to you. We all get the freedom to choose our own role models. But they are under no obligation to live on the complete straight and narrow because in the event people are looking up to them, I feel like your biggest influence is always going to be your family or the people you're living with. So they're under no obligation to raise your children. <laughs> like Celebrities aren't here to raise your kids. Like It's your job to raise your kids. So these celebrities, they do not need to be role models. Like I said, if they want to be, that's great. But they're under no obligation. You are allowed to live your life the way you want to live it. So that's just my opinion. You're welcome to totally disagree. Like I said, this is the discussion question. So I would love to know what you think about that. I always love an open discussion because it's only myself on here. So I never want to feel like I am in an echo chamber. I totally welcome other people's opinions. You can completely disagree with me and I will listen to your point of view. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree with it, but I'm obviously going to listen to it. That's what makes the world go round. So definitely welcome anyone's opinions. If you're interested, tell me comments on the diving board, a podcast, uh, Instagram, DM me. I love to hear your guys's points of view. It's not just me. It's just I'm the only one in front of this microphone, but I always welcome a discussion. Um, but on that note, that is the story of Kate Moss. We love a comeback story, you know, here on the Diving Board Podcast. And she really was able to rebound. And she's an incredible businesswoman. And we love her. She's an icon. She's a legend. And she is the moment. So shout out to Kate Moss. We love her. And shout out to Lila Moss. Lila Moss is doing some amazing modeling lately. And the new generation. And we still love that name. Lila Grace Moss. Like, come on. That is such a pretty name. But anyway, uh, I won't get on another tangent. But if you did enjoy this episode, and thank you so much for listening, if you enjoyed it, I would so appreciate if you rated me five stars wherever you are listening, if you haven't yet. That really motivates people to listen to the podcast. Also, uh, if you... If you're listening to this, you're most likely following me because these bonus episodes are only for the followers. But if you haven't followed yet, I would so appreciate if you did because I love releasing this bonus content just for the followers. Uh, it's just kind of our secret society, I feel like, here at the Diving Board Podcast. And I 
Love that vibe. And if you would like to join our family over on Instagram, you can find me at Diving Board Pod, and that is B-O-R-E-D. Would love to have you over there. I'm excited to revamp content again on the Instagram, especially now that it's warmer out. I can go out and take more pictures with everyone and, of course, make more episodes. So on that note, thank you so much for listening, and I have a really fun episode planned, and it might be a series depending on how much content. So stay tuned for that in the next week or so. I cannot wait teasing that a little bit. But until then, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for following. And I will talk to you all very, very soon. Take care, everyone.